Hello, this is a bonus episode, and I don't know whether you'll think it's a bonus by the time you've finished it, if you're if you're going to get all the way through, but I'm wanting to deal with the last verses of this week's reading that we had from John 14. Uh, I said in the um, original sermon, podcast, talk, whatever we're calling these things, that um, uh, that I didn't want to deal with that there because it would be too long and it's quite complicated and I'm really not sure what to think about these verses and often we skip over them. Let me read them to you and uh, we'll see what we can do with them. It's the last couple of verses of the reading from John 14 and it's 12 to 14. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and in fact will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. This is a complicated reading, and it's one that I think we skip past, uh, sometimes in embarrassment. We don't understand it. We don't know what it's about. We certainly don't experience it. So we kind of leave it behind and go on to the next week's reading. Or we deal with it in with a sense of shame and guilt. We're clearly not doing greater works than Jesus. Uh, and the text says, if you believe in me, you will. So therefore, we're perhaps not good or true or good enough believers. So it's best to leave the reading alone and, and hope that we don't have to think about it again until next time it comes up in the lectionary. Here's some possible explanations, I think, that we could look at for um, for how we deal with this text. Uh, we could look at, at it and say that Jesus was wrong. We could say that the gospel was wrong. Or we could say that we are wrong. First of all, with Jesus being wrong, he could have been deluded. He could have believed these things to be true, that he could, we would do greater things than that anything we ask him for, he would do. But it was beyond his power to do. It's beyond his ability to manage, and he was deluded. That's possible. Um, Jesus could have been lying. He might have been recognizing that his his disciples were struggling, uh, uh, that they were recognizing something terrible was going to happen, as it indeed does very soon after this uh, this reading. Um, and so he he lies to them, tells them a white lie that it's all going to be fine when it's really not neither of those neither of those explanations that Jesus was wrong sit very well with me but they might with you another is that the gospel was wrong either that the gospel which was written quite late the latest of the gospels uh, and so therefore the gospel writer is most likely to have had to rely on second hand stories um, that were told from the people who were present the, the original disciples told it to the next generation and he was hearing those stories in writing the gospel and so the gospel writer uh, the, the gospel hearers the second generation had misheard what the original read uh, the original participants had had experienced with Jesus so they misheard misheard and what we've got written down isn't exactly the way Jesus meant it to be that's one possibility. The other way the gospel could be wrong is that this has been made up, um, that, the, that just as Jesus' disciples were struggling with what was to come in Jesus' life, 
the community of John's Gospel, as far as we can tell, um, were in great conflict uh, with other uh, people within the Jewish faith. They were Jews um, working together and trying to live together, but their experience of Jesus, um, they found themselves to be um, possibly persecuted by by other uh, other Jews. And so the gospel writer made this story up to uh, bolster and encourage the faithful who were reading the text. So the gospel could be wrong, that it not it might not be true. Now, we can't prove that one way or the other. There are no... Uh, there are no other accounts. There's nothing else we can go on. Um, so again, you can decide for yourself whether you think um, the gospel writers misheard what Jesus said or they flat out made up what Jesus said. And that's what we've got in the text. And both of those could be true and both of them could be wrong. And you have to make your own thoughts on that. I'm really not sure what to think about. I just don't know enough. Um uh, it's just so outside of my experience of the faith that I don't know what to do with it. And then, of course, the third thing is that uh, that Jesus was wrong, the Gospels were wrong, or we are wrong. And it could be that, um, that we're wrong in the sense that we understand this to be written for us when it wasn't. And, of course, it wasn't written for us. It was written for that specific community in that specific time. They had no concept that we would still be reading and trying to understand this text 2,000 years later. And Jesus wouldn't have had any understanding of the same. He would have been speaking these words if he spoke them. He would have spoken them to those disciples. And it was to those disciples that he was looking to and thinking about. And in very many senses, those disciples were doing greater works than Jesus. When we have the story of the first day of Pentecost in the early chapters of Luke, the disciples have huge numbers of healings. They have a huge number of people um, hearing the gospel and, and becoming part of the community. So in many ways, it, certainly in numerical ways, they did do greater works than Jesus. Uh, and so that is a true fulfillment of that part of it at least. Um, the part that they would do greater works not sure how that fits with anything you ask in my name I will do it uh, but but that's that's one way of looking at this text that we were wrong about how we understood the, who the, we understood the text to be for of course the other way we could be wrong is that we aren't the faithful so it says if you believe or trust is a better word if you trust in me uh, I, you will do the works that I do and if you ask anything in my name I will do it so obviously we're not trustful we're not trusting enough we're not good enough Christians because we're not doing greater works and, for, and, and somehow we're not asking in Jesus name and of course as all the commentaries tell us to ask in Jesus name is simply to be in tune with in line with the life of Jesus. Uh, to, to ask in someone's name is to do it in, in their stead. In the, and we know that the, the life of Jesus was about the lives of others. It was about the benefit of, of wholeness and health and healing to other people. So the commentaries often say, well, you know, of course Jesus won't respond to your request if you're asking for something for yourself more income 
um, a, a parking space when you're driving in the city or some other frivolous thing like that or even important things for yourself it's about asking for other people so asking for the healing of someone who is sick it's about asking for something huge like the end of the pandemic and the damage that it's doing to so many particularly in countries with great poverty and uh, poor infrastructure around health they're the sorts of things we could ask for that would be certainly in Jesus name but they aren't being done either and it's not as if we're not praying for that it's not as if you and I haven't prayed for many years for those people who are decide, uh, who are asylum seekers and refugees both in our country and across the world people living in refugee camps in places like Palestine since the end of the second world war and still nothing has changed we've prayed for those things and they haven't happened so it must be that we're wrong we're not faithful enough we're not asking properly enough in Jesus name we're doing something wrong which leaves us feeling this a sense of, of, of guilt and shame and a sense that, that we just what, what, are we, what do we have to do to make things better they're the three possibilities that I can see but I think within all of this, we have to look at it in a way that um, that maybe Jesus really was trying to do for his people a a sense of um, a sense of hopefulness in the wider community. We often think of faith as an individualistic thing. I believe in God, you believe in God, and we're kind of separate from each other. But all the way through the Gospels, and particularly in the Gospel of John, and particularly in the text that we've had this week, there's a sense of the community. So when Jesus says, I tell you, the, the one who believes in me, it, it's not necessarily meaning the one individual, but it's the community of people. So it's the community that will do greater works. And that, of course, is what we saw in the book of Acts, in the early part of the book of Acts. It was the whole community that was doing that. Uh, and so there is that sense that um, that we're, we're supposed to be living this as a community. And you could say that um, when the church has done well and when it is doing the work it should be doing, it is doing greater works. Um, the uh, The beginning of hospitals... Uh, the beginning of the welfare state um, in many parts of the world have begun because of people faithful to the gospel trying to respond and to do the thing that uh, they felt called to God by God to do and has made the difference so that's true it still doesn't end it, it, uh, uh, so that's true with the greater works and it goes to the day of Pentecost uh, and um, to history and, and as much as the church has done terrible things in the world it's done wonderful things and as much as we're uh, feeling like we're not doing enough at the moment our church agencies even our little work of the spy community is doing what it can to do the work of God in the world to people who are in need still doesn't deal with that anything you ask in my name I will do it here's my spot my where I come down on this at the moment and it's totally unsatisfying but I don't know what else to do with it and I refuse to just sort of hope for the best and leave it alone um, I really think that, that I, I have a responsibility to myself 
um, as more than anything else, to think this stuff through and to do to do some thinking on it. I wonder, and as I say, this is totally unsatisfactory, but it's as far as I can go at the moment. I wonder whether Jesus here is what is coming out of Jesus, and I'm accepting these as the words of Jesus or close enough to the words of Jesus, is a a fountain of love and concern and compassion. And just as, as a parent... Even now with my children in their 30s and 40s, there's nothing I wouldn't do for them if I could do it. And certainly when they were children, if there were things I could do to have made their lives better, I wanted to do them. I didn't always do them, of course, but I wanted to. And certainly when they were in pain, I wanted to take that pain away, even though most often I couldn't. If they were hurt physically, all I could do was comfort them. I couldn't take the pain away. That had to be healed, you know, those skinned knees and all those sorts of things. They had to heal and they needed comfort. What if Jesus is coming out of this in in this great compassion that he has? Uh, And this is demonstrated uh, in this text and further on in John chapter 15. Um, this great compassion he has for his followers, for those he loves, for those people who have been with him for three years. I would do anything that you didn't go through pain. I would do anything. Anything you ask, I would do. As I say, it's not very satisfactory, but it does fit with the experience that I have had personally of the experience of God in my life it fits with the way Jesus is in the Gospels but it also fits with Jesus as a human being like me I haven't been able to do all the things I would have wanted to do to protect my children from pain and in a more sort of academic sense I couldn't and didn't want to protect them from everything they needed to learn and grow in themselves and and deal with the consequences of their actions and and their inactions and so on and and I've wanted all that but I I there's so many times when I've wanted for them to be free of that and there's so many times today when I want that for so many people that I know and love and people that I see that I don't know that I see on the news if there was anything that I could do And there are things I can do. We know that. I can give money. I can uh, give my time and energy. And we all do that in the best ways that we can in in, in the the opportunities that we're given. But if there's anything I would do, I would do it. As I say, it's not totally satisfactory, but it goes to the heart of Jesus as a person of compassion and a person of love who gives that commandment the new commandment I give to you is love one another as I have loved you. It's not good enough. Maybe there's more to this later that I'll be able to think about and maybe you'll have some thoughts that you want to share with me. But I think it's important to deal with it. And so there we go. God bless.